Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Trend Zone. I am Dustin Baker here with Wes Johnson, Jason Bowen, and Cody Spears going through items in week three that surprised us, that stood off the page while we transition to week four and go over items that we're looking forward to as the NFL starts to hit kind of its quarter, quarter mark, quarter point. Foremost, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your, your first sports bet. Use our promo code too, Believe. 50 B L E A V five zero believe 50 B L E A V five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We are here tonight to put week three to bed in the middle of the week and then look ahead to week four as NFL season starts to hit its quarter point. And this is where the stats get fun because trends start to get solidified. The stats mean something. And then, you know, your eye test and how you feel about each team. Um, the good teams begin to be taken. You can take them seriously unless their name is Chicago Bears with a winning record. Um, and you could just kind of get a general feel of who's who's legitimate and who's not. I think probably after this week is when teams will step up and step back. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Cody, welcome back after your your week off. How are you, sir? Appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to be back. Uh, enjoyed the episode last week. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we, we had some shout-outs to you there. You got to hear Wes do a oh, little yeah. victory lap. And I hope that you do a victory <laughs> lap tonight about the Jaguars, because if you won't, I will do it for you. Oh, yeah, Thanks. I definitely got that, – that's my segment that has the most notes on it. And then I do also want to point out Wes and I play each other in my two most important leagues this week. Oh, really? They don't space them out like Wes and I, who play every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like y'all are playing every week. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're done for the year, but out of the gate, in three leagues, we, we played each other in succession. So that's right, my so, record, Dustin. Uh, that's not fair. I don't want to slander <laughs> your bad name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a thing. So I, I, I'm 0-3 against him currently. So I, I'll own it. I, I don't mind. No, I think pro- you wear that shit proudly. No, oh, the, yeah. The problem is, is that that just means that he's accumulating all of this clout that, you know, either at the end of this season, the playoffs or next year, he's going to go on a three win streak. And I'm going to be like, God, why did they all have to be bunched up like that? <laughs> why can't we split? Um, all right, Cody, let's do uh, let's do three things a piece. Give me the one of the most surprising things stood off the page to you week three. I'll, I'll go with the most recent thing for me, uh, fresh on the mind is the Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, Cooper Rush is actually surprising me. Uh, I believe he's undefeated in all of his starts so far, and he is the first player since the 1970 merger to lead three fourth quarter slash overtime game winning drives in their first three NFL starts. Cowboys have a history with something like this before with Tony Romo coming in and staying for a couple years. Obviously, Dak has all the security he could want. But if Dak comes back and the Cowboys played like they were playing to start the season, um, that's not going to be good down here in Texas for sure. <laughs> every every game for the next however many weeks, two, three, whatever it is, for Cooper Rush is absolutely vital. Not because you know he can turn back into a pumpkin, but because he's going to get a contract somewhere if he mm-hmm. keeps doing this. And if he has yeah. a turd game, GMs might be like, "Oh, okay, that's why nobody." wanted him yeah, but if but, he keeps this up yeah it could be just that you know this the backup quarterback is the sexiest position on the field right and he yep. gets in there not a whole lot of teams have tape on him so in, in, a, in an ideal world he'd like to rattle off about four or five great games and then call it quits and then get that contract like matt castle got that one year the, yeah, well, he's the running gaff tweet last night was <laughs> cooper rush better stop playing so well otherwise the panthers are going to sign him to a long-term deal. <laughs> uh, yeah. yes yes hey, well luckily for him he's playing carson wentz and the commanders this next week and if anybody can make a game weird it's definitely carson wentz 
<laughs> That's true. The thing, the thing that stands out about Rush um, for me is that he doesn't just look like a placeholder game manager like Bridgewater did during his 5-0 and stint with the Saints in 2018. I think it was, or 2019. Um, he looks good. And so I, I think every start from here on out, I think like the, the front offices around the NFL are waiting for him to have a turd. And that way they can, they can be like, okay, we're good. This is just yeah. lightning in a bottle. But if he doesn't do that, then he's going to be like the 32nd starter in the league next year for some team who's needy, like the Texans or something like that. Yeah. And there's no way that the Cowboys can get out of that Dak deal. Nope. Can they? Because nope. I would imagine Jerry Jones is probably thinking to himself, oh shit. You know, because yeah. it seemed like he was, he really didn't want to, uh, you know, sign Dak to that long term. It took him forever to get that deal done. It seemed like anyway, they were talking about mm-hmm. it for years. Yeah. Um, and then the hesitancy between even sticky, sticking with him when Romo was still lingering around there. <laughs> um, and it seems like this Cooper Rush guy just is the more of the Jerry Jones model. Yeah. If, if, if he, mm-hmm. if he were to have his choice, but well, yeah, especially crazy. how cheap he is right now. Yeah. yeah, and then you got Tony Pollard, the number two running back, outperforming the starting running back and Zeke, and then you got Noah Brown outperforming C.D. Lamb. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like, man, I guess you got to stop paying all your star players like that because <laughs> they get paid and they get happy in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jason, what's your first standout thing from Week Three? Yeah, my first standout thing was, I mean, I, I don't know if this is really a surprise or not yet. I mean, according to West, this should be no surprise, but was the was the Dolphins um, knocking off the Bills? I mean, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they did just that, in my opinion. Um, they looked good doing it, really. I mean, and you know, aside from, I'm not sure if uh, they followed the correct protocol with uh, with the whole Tua thing. I mean, he looked a little <laughs> bit uh, bewildered out there for a second, but but. Yeah, I got to say that that surprises me. I mean, holy mackerel. And then, you know, I'll take it all back. All the, the Ravens, now the Bills, mm-hmm. undefeated, called it last week. <laughs> the thing that's uh, about the Dolphins now is the Vikings play them in three weeks and Wes and I will be there. But now oh, we're just awesome. start, now we're just starting to chalk that up as a loss because they're <laughs> damn good. And yeah, like let three, some of that sizzle fall off. <laughs> three weeks ago, I was like, all right, we'll go down there and hopefully beat some ass and humble Tua. And now I'm going down there like, shit, I'm going to be in enemy territory, look like an asshole. And <laughs> yeah. you know, that's how fast <laughs> things can change. Uh, Wes, what's your first surprise of the week? Uh, I will piggyback the Miami Dolphins uh, back and forth. Bloodbath with the Bills. Um, defensive struggle. Uh, which was surprising, but not surprising. I kind of touched on it last week. Um, a lot of the plus matchups where uh, the over-under was uh, 50 points or higher were all divisional matchups, and it was, uh, you know, what could go wrong here? And um, it became a defensive battle. Uh, much will be made about the Bills missing their uh, defensive secondary, which does hold some weight in this but at the same time uh doesn't take away from their offense uh being held to three points in the second half um this was punctuated by josh allen's skipper on fourth and goal um and that's just the type of pass that tua or kirk cousins would be getting roasted on all week on national (laughs) media and just glossed over like you know dustin's mentioned many times before where Oh yeah, whatever. They they get the pass and uh on to the next. Um this Mike McNad Mike McDaniel offense will get better as it goes through uh, its initial growing pains. Um and it was evident against a divisional opponent uh with an elite defense where uh, they just weren't able to really get off the ground. Um so more to come from this offense, but yeah, Miami's looking Good, they're looking strong. Uh, this early season success will help them as their schedule gets a little bit more difficult as the season goes on. For anybody that cares, that speech I usually give um, typically comes up from Matthew Stafford because he's the one that gets the oh, that poor guy, <laughs> he'll be back, <laughs> and yeah. it just doesn't happen to Mr. Cousins or uh, I don't know who else really applies to it. Feels like it's a cousin's rule, uh, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I got, a, I got a bunch of them this week because I did prep work for another show, so I'm going to do two at a time, but do them in the same amount. I'll, I'll be swift. Um, the two, what I consider hot seat coaches lost in week three. Brandon Staley, they got beat thoroughly, and then Cliff Kingsbury, they got upended by the Rams. 
So it won't be long unless they have a nice little win streak under or up their sleeve that those guys, big name coaches, I think you'll start to hear the chatter, especially Kingsbury. Staley might have a little bit of luck. I don't know, but Kingsbury is going to be in hot water if they drop to one and three. And then secondarily, I've told you guys before that my pal, my pal Yannick and I from Germany, we built this quarterback machine that factors in uh, EPA, CPOE, PFF, and um, what's the other one? Our DVOA and meshes them all together and puts out a rankings each week. And what I consider the replacement quarterbacks in the NFL are all in the top 12. Marcus Mariotti, Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, Geno Smith, and Cooper Rush. So we'll see in the next month if, if that holds. But four out of the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, per the math, are what I consider replacement guys. Cody, what's your next item? Well, I was just thinking on that. Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Is this a Twilight Zone? <laughs> it's something it's something similar for in fantasy football for running backs right now. You got like James Robinson and Clyde Edwards Alaire up at the top and Cordero Patterson. And you've got guys like Jonathan Taylor down in the 20s. It just don't make sense. Saquon's up there, Ben, isn't he? Oh, Saquon's playing yeah. the best football of his life right now. He's looking gonna, great, man. Yeah, he's gonna on. tear up the Bears. And Wes has them against me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, I got uh, I got just a general note that week three felt like it was full of letdowns. You got the Broncos and the 49ers. It was an awful watch. Um, I do want to say after watching Jimmy D throw that, uh, or he had a safety and a pick six in the same play, I'm off my 49ers <laughs> Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> well, it- give, give me like a week and I'll come up with another one on the show. But I mean, after three weeks, I don't think the 49ers, and honestly, it doesn't look like the Chargers are going either. <laughs> um, well, most of your Niners um, smoke was under the, the predicate that Lance would be good. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Now that Trey Lance is in there, it's my new favorite team of the season. It was the 49ers. <laughs> now it's the Jaguars all the way. Uh, and then, you know, I got Buck Packers and Bucks. It was a colossal snooze fest from the 80s. I don't know if y'all saw this, but you got Vita Vea dropped into coverage. The 350-pound nose tackle dropped into coverage on Aaron Jones and forced a fumble <laughs> at the goal line. That's how retro this game was. Um, and then I just uh, wanted to make sure I left a point in the Chargers hot air leaking out of the balloon against the Jags. Um, this is a game that definitely made people think, are the Jags good? I mean, I understand Herbert is hurt, but at the end of the day, it's still the Chargers. You know, just another year, your QB is hurt. You lost your premier defender in Boza, and your left tackle Slater. I mean, the list goes on on the injuries. Another year, same old Chargers. Yep, and their roster is phenomenal. Like, I know mm-hmm. the injuries are yeah. starting to pile up, but their roster is phenomenal. And yeah, um, I'll get to the Jaguars here on my next one. So, Jason, what's your number two? Well, my number two is that game exactly, the Chargers and, and Jags. And and I don't know. <clears throat> wow. I, I don't have anything to really add to that. Um, it was very impressive. I thought that, the, that Trevor Lawrence looked great. Um, the Chargers, you know, I, I saw a tweet today. And I guess I don't I don't pay much much attention to to the Chargers depth chart, if you will. But the the, the tweet kind of uh, reiterated that these you know a lot of these people had the Chargers roster like what you just mentioned stacked. It is um, top heavy mm-hmm. um, in terms of depth. We we just don't know, and everybody just assumed that they were going to be just awesome because you know you still had Herbert and you added these pieces in there that are just that make this team look almost unbeatable. Um, but then, the, then these injuries start happening, and these are some big injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate seeing it just because I know how detrimental it can be when you lose top-notch guys like that. And 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 I got the I don't know I don't know about them guys moving forward, like Cody just mentioned. But um, yeah, that was that was one of the biggest surprises of the week for me. It's unfortunate what happened to those guys on uh, injured, but on top heaviness, I always giggle at that because. It's something that's that's like a hot take, like, oh, the Vikings are top heavy, the Chargers are top heavy, which I understand. But in on August 28th or 29th, whatever it is, right before the season starts, you can go and look in every single depth chart in the NFL and say this right. thing looks top heavy. What it comes down to is if the young guys, the first and second year dudes are ready to play, you'll yep. find out if they're not top heavy. And evidently, depending on how the Chargers rectify this or don't, then they would be one that don't quite have the maturation for the young guys under their belt. But 
Uh, every like this isn't the NBA where you can look at a bench and say, all right, these four dudes are awesome. They're yep. deep. But the football team, it's 53 guys altogether. There's 22 starting spots. It's going to be top heavy no matter what you yeah, do. Yeah, it and, is. And very, and, and very heavy it was if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, because, right. I, mean, they're, they're, I mean, they got like, what, 10, 12 guys that I could rattle off and say those guys should be in the Pro Bowl. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Wes, what's your second one? <laughs> Uh, second one for me is the Colts shocker. Uh, I said last week that this was a must game, must win game for the Colts, and they treated it as such. Uh, they held Mahomes in check for majority of the game, uh, doing so without uh, their all everything stud Shaq Leonard uh, manning that defense. Uh, it was a defensive struggle, but they were able to overcome Kansas City. Uh, by not committing turnovers, uh, which is huge for them. Uh, they did have a couple of fumbles, but were able to recover them. Uh, and they currently sit a half game back from Jacksonville uh, in first place. So um, this was big for them. I had them, you know, being in the playoffs and maybe this is what they needed to kind of jumpstart the, the slow start to their season. And you teased this last week. You said it. I don't know if you said trap game, but you said it felt like one where Chiefs can't just waltz in there with broad shoulders and expect to win. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is uh, combo platter um, again, but it's it's mostly about the Jags. Uh, I think Cody was right on, and he wasn't right about the Niners, but he was right about the Jags. <laughs> that I think we don't we don't need to treat this any longer like uh, like the little engine that could. Because they're not like the Bears, who are somehow two and one, despite just horrid statistics, horrid roster. Uh, all the dudes that I talked about that that they signed, well, they did something right. Um, according to the numbers, uh, EPA per play, the analytics metric, they have the third best defense in the NFL and the seventh best offense. So right now, if you couple in the fact their division isn't overly strong, I think that right, you look at them right now. And no matter what they do against the Eagles, you can say this is a probably a 10 win team. And I don't think that should be a surprise anymore because Trevor Lawrence looks so good. And they really hired a coach in Peterson, who's the anti Urban Meyer, who's not going to do all this weird stuff. And so, yes, I think Cody was right all along. And my second point on this has to do with the Browns. I know it has nothing to do with the Jaguars, but right now their offense is the sixth best in the NFL. And at some point, about two months, they're going to say, thank you, Jacoby. Take care, buddy. Uh, we got our guy back. And the stark difference between personalities, personas, and auras of Jacoby Brissett, the consummate good guy, versus public enemy number one, it's not going to feel like it's justice that they're going to cast this dude away who, for now, is running the ship pretty, pretty damn well. Yeah. Man, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they play similar. Watson's about twice as good. Um, but right now, they're playing decent football with a guy who's just like an upstanding dude, almost like a Teddy Bridgewater type of guy. Yeah. You just like, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go to the villain <laughs> that you're yeah. paying 200 and blah, 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 <laughs> million guaranteed. Oh, man. Yeah. If they oh. start off slow with Deshaun Watson, it's going to be tough, which at this point, you kind of almost expect it. It's almost like they're getting some type of retribution. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like Bardell coming in and replacing Flacco. <laughs> Or not Flacco, but uh, Falco on the replacements. <laughs> Cody, what, Cody, what's your final one before we move to week four? Uh, my final observation from this last week was um, just the MVP update. Uh, the Bills may be MVP through 60-something times, and he only put up 19 points. Uh, also, we forgot to end to talk about the butt punt that happened in that game. Uh, But overall, that's a game that may have tainted Josh Allen's MVP race. Um, Lamar Jackson, he looks fantastic once again uh, against the GOAT coach and Belichick. I did want to note that Lamar is the first player in the Super Bowl era with at least three passing TDs and over 100 rushing yards in consecutive games. So, like, right now he's playing better than he did in his MVP year. Yeah. And then for me, the third one up there has to be Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's looked great. He's averaging over 300 total yards a game. Um, the Eagles look unstoppable, but they have played the lions, the Vikings and the commanders. So I'm kind of waiting for the Eagles to get more of a test, but right now, Lamar, even with that loss against the dolphins, you can't pin any of that on him. He's looking like the next, uh, or two time MVP right now. Hertz is in the proverbial third year and my, oh my, is he taking that leap? 
kind of like Josh Allen did. Mm-hmm. Jason, your final one before we move on to the week four. Yeah, my final surprises were were two games actually the your Vikings and my Broncos games. Um, you know, two surprises with the Vikes game. The Lions came out firing. They looked good, and mm-hmm. they got the Vikings in a big big hole. Then the Vikings came back from that, won the game. Um, I don't watch as many Vikings games as you guys, but I don't remember. That doesn't happen last year, does it? No, it's uh, all the way around. Yeah, not last year. Or, they've, they've done it before with, with Cousins um, a couple times. I've seen him do it against the Broncos, yeah. I remember. Yep. But and that they, doesn't really count, does it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, last year, that Hail Mary attempt, they that receiver would have been open, and they would have made that. That, yeah, that last but, it, but the way that they came back, it just it just it just seemed and felt different to me. Um, and then you know my other surprise was the was the Broncos game. Um, because we don't win those games in years past either. <laughs> um, and and I, I God, I'm not I don't think that the Niners are. About, I thought that was a quality win for them. I mean, you know, they they just the way that both of those teams won it just it it, it surprised me because i figured they were both going to lose yeah the vikings game like had so many swings and even in the fourth quarter when uh the vikings got stopped had to give it back it was like all right <laughs> and then they got it right back well it, 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 in the in the broncos game too when mm-hmm. they had to keep punting it back it was like yeah. well, this is the drive they're going <laughs> to score this is the drive they're going to score why wouldn't they they do all the time and their defense while it's always been top 10 They've never been able to, with the exception of the 2015 season, that's what this felt like to me. The defense has been incapable of coming up with a stop <laughs> when needed it most. And they did it many times on uh, on uh, Sunday night. And I had no clue the defense was going to be as good as it, as it looked Sunday. Hopefully they can sustain that until their offense maybe can click sometime within the next three years. <laughs> that's the... <laughs> uh... That's the problem with with Garoppolo, I think, is getting those punts back to him. You just you don't expect. I mean, you probably did because of your dread. Uh, yeah. But as uh, as somebody who's watching objectively, I was like, well, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. He probably won't. And of course, he <laughs> and that's that's why he's not in the top ten conversation and never will be. Uh, he's you know solidly usually around 15, 16th best, and for some franchises that's fine. But Niners are always this close to being a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, Wes, hit us with your final thing of week three. Uh, my final thing, uh, Cody kind of touched on it uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, the Eagles, they thoroughly dominated a division foe, uh, put up all 24 of their points in the second quarter against Washington, and Washington promptly quit after. Uh, before halftime, they had Washington in quit mode. Uh, what helped usher that in the defense held Wentz to 24 first half pass yards and 50 yards total overall for the offense. Uh, the defense is deep at all three levels. Uh, they appear to have found their quarterback skill position players are deep. Uh, they have one of the better offensive lines in the business. Oh, and they own the saints first round pick uh, currently forecast at seventh overall and their own. Um, this Eagles team is set up for now. It's set up for the future. Uh, they're going to be a scary team, uh, for years to come. Now I saw a crazy stat from that game that was net passing yards at one point, And it said Eagles like 302 and the commanders were like <laughs> negative saw- five or like negative yeah. two or something like that. I could not believe that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I saw that. I actually felt empathy because that felt like the Vikings a week before when they were just marching and marching and marching. Yeah, the Eagles making people quit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My final one is just two stats that I wanted to point out to the group. Um, uh, Corderell Patterson at age 31 is third in the league in rushing. And historically, really the only dudes that do stuff like that at age 31 are like Emmett Smith and Adrian Peterson. And it's just kind of, it'll always be fascinating to me how Bill Belichick one day about five years ago is just like, you know what? You're a running back now. And he's like, cool, let's do it. And it's just worked. And he's a 31-year-old running back who used to be a <laughs> wide receiver who's third in the league in rushing yards. And it's that's quite marvelous. And then my second one is quietly, nobody cares yet, probably because it's early in the season, but Nick Chubb is on pace for almost 2,000 rushing yards. 
if he sustained his pace, which doesn't feel otherworldly right now, he'd end the season with 1,947 rushing yards. And those things, those, those milestones tend to get people revved up. <laughs> yeah. It just to think about Patterson back in the day when he was returning kicks Yeah, yeah. for and you people, guys. Yeah. And people talk about how he, and to me, I don't know if it's because I was young, but Devin Hester always seems like the greatest returner ever. But mm-hmm. people talk about after the rules changed, Cordero Patterson was still returning the ball way different than everybody else. Some people say he deserves, if they gave more love to returners, he, he deserves to go to the Hall of Fame. I wonder how this impacts his legacy, because I don't think, surely he doesn't return kicks now. But being an all-pro returner for your first six or seven years and then switching over and kicking the butt on offense, that has to show That's something badass yeah, yeah it is so i can't believe good. it i get Yo. crushed by cordero patterson and fantasy football all the time because i don't own him in any leagues because i'm like there's no way i'm drafting that guy <laughs> and he proceeds to crush me every single year i mean yeah. west got him in our home league in the 13th round 13th <laughs> round that's like over halfway point in the draft and it's not just you nobody's <laughs> drafting him yeah just, Wes they, is. well Wes, of course but Wes is west though <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Cody, let's see. Let's do three things you're looking forward to. Well, I'll start with your big one for one of your big ones for week four. Sweet. My biggest one, the game, obviously, besides the Vikings and Saints. Um, but the biggest game I can't wait to watch is the Jaguars and the Eagles. Uh, this is a good measuring stick against two teams who, uh, I guess you could say the Jaguars have been tested against what people were thinking a similar competition, but I alluded to the Eagles needing better competition to play against and this Jaguars team might be that Trevor Lawrence is the top 10 quarterback that nobody is talking about Mm -hmm. he sure is uh I mean we got a 69 percent completion rate 700 yards uh six touchdowns one interception the Jaguars have outscored opponents 84 to 38 so far this season and that 46 point advantage is second most in the NFL behind the Bills so I mean their offense is legit you actually, we have a lot of the same notes on their defense that you alluded to earlier, pretty much saying that their defense is for sure top 10 right now. Um, and then they're also tied with the Bucks and the Ravens for the most to- takeaways in the league with eight. The Jaguars have only turned the ball over one time with a late game interception thrown by Lawrence, just trying to get his team back in it. So I, I think this Jaguars team, everybody's talking about the Eagles and how they're for real. You know, this could end up being a trap game for the Eagles. This Jaguars <laughs> team is basically on the flip side of that Eagles. They're, the Eagles are in the spotlight. Everybody's talking about them. People aren't really talking about the Jaguars yet. This week, they kind of are. I think by week five, people are penciling them in as a playoff team. For sure. So this this game right here, it's must-watch TV for me. Yeah, I I have that one on my list, so I'll just chime in my additional thoughts. I kind of have a something's got to give mentality in this matchup. Uh, we'll figure out if Jacksonville can somehow knock them off, then they will gain national notoriety for the first time. And then if the Eagles win, they finally get a win over a team that has played quite well. And I feel bad. The Eagles fans probably looked at the schedule like we did the Dolphins and say, oh, yeah, that one won't be too bad. And now, <laughs> now they're doing everything right. That's why uh, on one of the shows I was on earlier, I said to the guy, he asked me for my big, bold prediction. And I said, I don't think it's bold anymore, but you should just pencil the Jaguars into the playoffs because that's how well they're playing it. It's not, it's not a big, like ooh, hot take, but they're playing that well all around. And their quarterback is doing the part with a new coach. So um, I think something's got to give, you're going to figure out, wow, these Jaguars played them tight or uh, the Eagles are that damn good that they kicked the shit out of them. So we're going to see on that one, Jason, what's your first thing you're looking forward to in week four? Yeah. Well, and aside from, to see if the Broncos can get their offenses heads out of their asses. I mean that, but um, I got to go with that same game that you guys were just talking about. And if the Jaguars, if the Jaguars win, I think that puts them in the top six, at least in the power rankings. I think if they come close to beating the Eagles, that boosts them up even a few spots itself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that game is going to be a good one um, for, I, I don't really have anything more to add than what you guys already did. Wes, what's your first one? Uh, first one for me, um, and I want to jump on it before anybody else does, <laughs> is uh, the Bills at the Ravens. Um, kind of round two for me in terms of game of the week. Um, this one uh, has a rep- recipe to be a shootout. I, I know I thought that same thing 
last week with uh, the Bills at Miami, uh, but divisional matchups are always tough. Uh, so this one, I, I do believe, will be the the shootout that I was hoping for last uh, last week. Uh, Lamar is playing at an MVP level, uh, or playing like MVP Lamar. Uh, Baltimore is going to regret not getting a deal done before the the season with him. Um, just to piggyback on what Cody had mentioned, uh, if you take away all of Lamar Jackson's rushing numbers, he'd still be the uh, QB five in standard fantasy scoring. If you take away all of Lamar Jack Jackson's passing numbers, he'd be the RB eleven in standard fantasy scoring. <laughs> what a good He's stat! A what a QB great one stat. and a uh, RB one built into one player. This is tweeted from uh, Dave Klug uh, earlier this week, uh, and it's just you know, jaw dropping. Uh, so, um, yeah, L- Lamar is the obvious, uh, front runner for MVP. Um, but I'm interested to see, can the bills and Josh Allen bounce back after they were stymied, uh, by Miami and will the addition of, uh, Xavier Rhodes help, uh, this hampered secondary, uh, for them. So, there were times if you were a fantasy manager and had Lamar last year where you're like, do I even start him? Like you, you legitimately pondered that because some of his games were such stinkers that you're like, God, do I, he's got to break out eventually. Everybody says he's elite and that just didn't happen last year aside from one game. And then now if you, if you've got him, then you're, you know, wrecking your league. So, all right, Cody, what's number two for you week four. Uh, I'm also going to stick with that Buffalo and Baltimore. Uh, we got the top two MVP candidates facing off. Can Buffalo run down the clock like Baltimore can? I think that's going to be a big thing for them to win this game is Buffalo doesn't have the healthy guys on, on that defense to be able to stay with that uh, rough Ravens team. They're always running the ball. They're always running into people. Uh, can Can you keep your defense off the field and not have to throw the ball 60 times and keep stopping the clock. And when every time you do an incomplete pass. So, I mean, honestly, it could be a shootout at the end of the day, the less exhaustive defense might win this one. I got the Ravens winning it, but I'm super excited to see these two MVP candidates face off uh, Jaguars, Eagles, and then Buffalo and Baltimore. Don't bother me on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and plus you got uh, what is it about fourteen hours of football starting with oh, the yeah. London game eight a.m. Yep. Oh yeah, you're you're up I'm for excited. it. I'm gonna have biscuits and gravy Sunday morning. <laughs> have the sausage in it and Tabasco <laughs> sauce. <laughs> oh, the Vikings are playing in London. Yeah, yep. Saints. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's two London games this year because Denver does too. Yep. Four. But that's multiple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, there's four, and they all start at the same time at like seven or eight in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's the I'm not going to bed the night before (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Vikings in London is a segue to mine. I'm not sure if any of you guys were going to mention this, and this kind of has some Minneapolis bias here. So um, how cool is it that the NFL and the city of Minneapolis said, hey, if the hurricane displaces you bucks and you chiefs, please come to U.S. Bank Stadium for primetime football. And here's my angle here. If you live in Minneapolis, if you live in Bloomington or Woodbury or Coon Rapids, isn't it the coolest thing in the world that probably at a discounted price for the hell of it, you could go watch Brady and Mahomes probably for the last time. Like, let's say you were going to write a novel and say, all right, there's going to be a hurricane that displaces and their game's coming to Minneapolis. So you wouldn't find a better quarterback matchup to find than Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady in this like Minneapolis throwaway game. It's wild that if these two teams do have to move, it goes to Minneapolis probably the great well the greatest quarterback of all time versus the guy who wants to be the greatest quarterback of all time in prime time and probably tickets available for relatively cheap because they want faces in the crowd so i don't know if that comes to fruition depending on how bad hurricane ian is but just the the mere fact that that could be on the docket for the city of minneapolis just as a yeah by the way we're gonna host brady and mahomes sunday night would you Uh, go what would you go uh if it does get oh uh no probably not because i'm four hours away um yeah. my wife floated it she said that you should just go by yourself and i was like yeah you know because because she works the next day and we wouldn't get home till my goodness about season three. ticket holders get dibs 
that we usually do for stuff like that. So I have people already messaging me saying, Hey, how much are your tickets going to be? Are you going to go? And uh, I know enough people now in the Minneapolis market that even to go to Vikings games, that tickets are usually obtainable. Um, so I, I doubt that I'll go to that because I'll be writing about the Vikings game afterward all damn day. Uh, if I did live there though, you know, like I used to, then yeah, the, it's a no brainer. Like just slide down. It's like, <laughs> to me, to me, it's like, well, hey, LeBron and Jordan are playing one on one. Would you want to go see it? It's like, <laughs> yeah, <it's a> dream. <laughs> so, all right, Jason, what's your next item for week? Four? Yeah, well, that was that was my game. My game right there. Uh, Brady and Mahomes and God, Mahomes really needs to get this one for his own sake. Um, Brady pretty much owns him so far. So, um, but yeah, I, if I completely forgot about the fact that it could be potentially moved to. <laughs> To U.S. Bank Stadium, well, it said after the way you just said that, that is remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's cool, and um, it's if they move it, it, it will go there. That's where we got today in the news cycle. First. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Yesterday it was a hospitality thing where Vikings were or Minneapolis was like, "Yeah, you can play here." Now it's if Ian displaces the game, it will for sure be in. Uh, Minneapolis and a beautiful stadium too. I mean, that would be so freaking badass. Obviously you hope that, you know, things turn out well down South, but uh, yeah, that'd be badass for sure. But yeah, either way, I think it's going to be a great game. Well, can you, what's, what's uh, Brady's record against Mahomes? Ooh, um, I think it's gotta be like four and one, doesn't it? No, they haven't played that many times. I don't think, I think it's, let me go. Also, I wonder if they would change out a lot of the purple for Tampa Bay colors. New the home team. Oh, they used to be in the same division. They, they just have hey, uh, tight shots. Remember, uh, the Chiefs didn't have their pads or any of their equipment like what an hour before that one game, mm-hmm. and they went out and bought out all that high school equipment, I think, or something like that. Something like that. Well, if they go in there and change a bunch of shit, I take back everything that I said. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my house. I even I always joke like at the Super Bowl they should play the the Gallahorn on third downs, but no, that, that that's our thing. <laughs> Man, I tell you, playing Madden with the Vikings is annoying with that horn. I don't know if I've said that on the show or not, but like every time you score, which I do a lot in Madden, it's always like boom. It's back to back to back to back to back. Oh, I hope you love it. That's what you want right there. Uh, <laughs> I my sleep. Good, good. It's uh, two and two. It's a split right now, Jason. Oh, it is. Yep. It is a lot better. Mahomes has fared a lot better than I thought he did for some reason. Then, but uh, I mean, it really. Brady has the the Super Bowl, so it's they're all kind of moot after that. Brady got the Super Bowl, and then he dethroned him in the playoffs too. Yeah. That one year, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. the right. big ones. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, the, those are the ones that that matter. Uh, Wes, give me your second to last week four item. Uh, I also had Casey Bucks game. Um, both of you and Jason touched on it pretty good, so I will uh, pick a flyer for for my second one. I okay. will go with uh, Chicago at New York Giants. Uh, two two and one teams. Uh, I don't know if this is a contender pretender matchup per se, but um, I'd I'd it's have to imagine pretender matchup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to imagine. The the winner from this has a, a pretty decent shot at the playoffs. Um because uh, that team will be three and one in a, a fairly diluted um NFC conference. Um I also wanted to note that the field that they have, the field turf um in New York is just terrible. There's been so many injuries on it, so many non-contact injuries. Uh, the Giants just lost uh, Sterling Shepard to a torn ACL. Um, he wasn't cutting. He wasn't doing any funky movement. He was just running straight in his ACL tour. Um, somehow, the Vikings um, in the schedule gauntlet have both the Jets and the Giants at home this year. So thankfully, we don't have to make that trip out to New York and play on that god awful field but hopefully uh the nfl takes a, a better look at this uh, and they do something sooner rather than later because uh there's just been a, a documented history of of injuries on this field uh in terms of the the game itself i, I think the giants run away with it um 
and field, Justin Fields continues his uh, porous and poor play. One of those teams goes to three and one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that feels fraudulent, but the Giants really have an easy schedule. If you if you get bored this week at work, listeners pull out the Giants schedule and it's kind of laughable how much of a cakewalk it is. But it's not they didn't do it, they didn't do anything to deserve it. So good for them. Uh Cody, give us your final item of week four that your eyes will be glued to. Uh, sweet. Well, I did have Kansas City at Tampa Bay, so I just want to point out Mike Evans and maybe Chris Godwin. I'm not too sure on Chris Godwin, but Mike Evans will be back from that suspension. That'll be oh, interesting great. one. Um, but let me go ahead and hop on this one before it gets brought up inevitably. <laughs> Broncos Raiders uh, was I'm actually looking forward to this one. I was giving fantasy football advice to Jason's son, Marcus, earlier today. As I was telling him that this might be a trap game for the Broncos, the Raiders, if they lose this game chalk their season up to to nothing they're not they're not going anywhere that that put a fork in them i mean uh they cannot start out zero and four in this division in the afc um so i think that with the with the way the broncos have opened the season it might open the door for the raiders to do one last hurrah you know throw everything we can at our division rival uh so this is going to be a game that i'm hoping denver comes out on on top of i don't really have any affliction for the Raiders or Josh or Josh McDaniels or anything like that. Um, but I do want to see Russ perform like the quarterback. Everybody was believing he was because right now you start to talk about everything they gave up to get him and how big his contract is. And your palms start to get a little sweaty when you think about <laughs> what would happen if Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson don't work out. So yeah. I want to yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, well, it shouldn't be a freaking trap game. I'm telling you that right now. The Raiders have owned Denver, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the Denver shouldn't be walking in there thinking they're going to be, beat anybody. Mm-hmm. But so this is going to be a pretty interesting game because I, I hope the Broncos win, but I kind of feel like the Raiders are going to somehow. Ooh, yuck. Um, my final one is a, I guess, a little cautionary tale about teams that are facing one in three. Um, Since 1990, when the NFL expanded to six teams and now it's seven, only 15% of teams go to the postseason after a one and three start. So these teams are facing a one and three start. These are teams that reasonably expected to dance in the postseason in January. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, New England Patriots, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the San Francisco 49ers. So what is that? Six, seven teams that have to avoid one and three because otherwise they have a severely uphill climb. And let's face it, not all of those teams are going to win. So at least two of them, probably New England. uh, I don't think they're beating the Packers and I'm not sure on the Cardinals, but yeah, those uh, Bengals, Steelers, Chargers, Cardinals, Patriots, Raiders, and 49ers are knocking on the door of one and three, which is usually a dagger in a season. So uh, that's a lot of good teams that are up against it for week four. Jason, yeah, sh- yeah. I know we didn't talk about it, but the Cardinals and the Panthers, if the Panthers should not have beat the Saints, that was a trash game by the Saints. That <laughs> Panthers team is bad right now. If the Cardinals go into the Panthers and they lose that game, don't let Cliff on the plane back. He could find his own plane back. This is two hot seat teams. Neither of them deserved to win. If Panthers smash the Cardinals, they need to fire their coach they, immediately. They might do it at that point, especially if, if it was uh if it was an ass kicking. Yeah, you're um, losing to Matt Rule. <laughs> I mean also all of the, the speeches I gave in the offseason about Baker playing through injury, and that might not have been a good idea. Well, in that same quarterback machine that I talked about, he is second to last in the world behind Justin Fields. So he just might be shitty. And I might <laughs> I might have been wrong all along. Let's see. Is that Jason, your f- final one? Yeah, my final one kind of kind of piggybacks on what you just mentioned. Uh, and that's going to be the Colts and the Titans. Yeah. Both of those teams. <laughs> now, I understand that the that the uh, the Titans beat the Raiders, right? Right. Or was it the other way around? Was it the Colts that beat the Raiders? I, no, either the way. Titans. Yeah, the Titans got the Raiders. Colts beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, now, the Raiders are on three. But I mean, I would certainly say that they're a better 0-3 team than than they they're better than what their record says, but maybe they're not. Nonetheless, they both got what I would say good victories to hopefully try to get their season 
back on track. Mm-hmm. Now they face each other. So one of them <laughs> is going to go right back down. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I don't, I don't know who's going to come out on top of that. I'd have to say that I am leaning toward the Colts, but, um, I'm looking forward to that one. You know, you're talking about the Raiders being better than their record. I think the best example would be if the Raiders this week were hosting the two and one bears and the Raiders are zero and three, I would expect the Raiders to win about 35, 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's kind of the sentiment on They'd the be away favorites <laughs> yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> One, one could argue back to your point, Cody, the Raiders could be looking at the Broncos as a trap game. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they've owned us. I mean, really, they have. Um, so hopefully it'll be a good, good get right game for the two and one Broncos. But oh, even and- if we even if we do come out with the loss, we're still in an OK spot. So somehow yeah, and- we're two and one two game <laughs> winning streak. Don't yeah. hate me, but I did tell your son to drive. He told me. He told Trevor me. Lawrence. Until he pro- – well, and he should. He should. He should, he, for sure. Yeah, I mean, damn right he should. I mean, you drop him. I'm not dropping him. I'm keeping the entire Broncos <laughs> roster in all year. <laughs> the, my, uh, goal, my goal is not to win fantasy, Cody. My goal is to get one win. Oh and my. whoever I beat. Yeah, and to have, <laughs> and to get the players you root for, for sure. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah. in my defense, I did also tell him to start Kamara against the Vikings. I was like, man, Kamara owns the Vikings. You have mm-hmm. to start him. <clears throat> well, and that was a good call, too, but, you know. <laughs> in the last seven matchups, the Raiders have won six times over the Broncos. So it must, See? It, it must be Gruden Oof. voodoo. <clears throat> No, it's 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 Bronco voodoo, man. I think the Broncos got like three division wins in the, since 2016. I saw a similar stat that was like the last 12 times Cliff King, Kingsbury has played the Rams and Sean McVay, they're one and 12. Hey, and that the best thing that they can hope that the best thing that they can hope for is to not lose in an embarrassing way or to make it close. And that right there tells me you need to fire your coach. If that's what you're hoping for. And from the division, like me, every time we play the Packers, I'm hoping we go in there and smack them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Not that we lose by a touchdown. Yeah. You should get, get the Broncos uh, division record since 2016, just for, just to make everybody laugh because every team in that division owns us. I think we've squeaked out a few against the chargers, but we have one year. The Raiders went eight and zero in that division. And I, I'm not sure if they made the playoffs that year or not. It was like in the last decade. Mm. Uh, let's, let's see. <laughs> Wes, you'll take us off air with um, your final thing you're watching for. So are you going to that Niners Monday night game? Or are you floating that out there? What's the deal? No, I'm I'm looking to see if anybody has any tickets. They just want to get rid of okay. um, re- relatively cheap to free. And then I might consider it. But um, as you and I both experience it's not a simple trek. It's not, yeah. they're not the San Francisco 49ers. They're technically the Santa Clara 49ers, which is about uh, 45 minutes to an hour away. And being that it's a Monday night football game, that traffic is just going to be atrocious. So it'll be more of a hour and a half to two hour commute and heavy traffic. So okay. probably not. Um all right, give us your final uh, thing you're watching for week four. Uh, my final thing I'm watching for, you mentioned earlier, 14 hours of football. That is because we have our uh, the NFL's first London game of the, of the season. Uh, that's Vikings versus the Saints. Um, as a Vikings fan, we have a good chance to stack a few wins here heading into week six at Miami. Uh, if we can get past the Saints and past the Bears at home the following week. Uh, I want to see continued growth on offense and defense. Um, I think after our week one victory over the Packers, uh, we've kind of regressed a little bit um, on play calling on both sides of the ball, Um, either trying to force people into game scripts or just completely ignoring other people. on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the defenses started games slow or soft along for a lot of underneath completions, uh, but they've finished strong, not allowing any points in the fourth quarter to date. Uh, the Saints have weapons that can make any defense's day difficult, and their defense can be hot or cold um, and perform. So uh, I think. Tottingham uh, is in for a treat and 
uh, excited for that in the 14 hours of football to follow. Although uh, the four o'clock Eastern window is pretty underwhelming. So I, I might get some house chores done around that time. <laughs> uh, you have three games slate. You have uh, Cardinals at Panthers. You have um, the Brian Hoyer led Patriots uh, against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And then you have the aforementioned Broncos Raiders game, which uh, if it's anything like the <laughs> Sunday nice. night contest, cool. I mean, that that was painful. It was uh, more fun watching the punters go at it with their stats. Yeah. How many yards they could stack up. <laughs> like Eli Damn, Manning you're at 500. Said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Eli Manning said, uh, the Broncos should have paid the punter the, what? A, what is it, the 200 50 million, yep. 150 million. <laughs> I've never been so happy with a special teams player of the week awarded to my punter. Uh, let's see. Since 2016, Jason, the Broncos are 11 and 25 against the AFC West. Most of those six of those wins are against the Chargers. And yep. since 2016, they are 0 and 12 against the Chiefs. Yep. yep. And that's just incredible. And I mean, the Chiefs for what the first three seasons of that were led by Alex Smith. So you'd think that they'd be able to knock him off and even once in a while beating Mahomes. But oh, like- it's so bad. The, <laughs> the team has been it, That's how bad it was. I mean, yeah, you go back uh, prior five years. I mean, we kind of had a similar take against them. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's been awful football. So they need to get some division wins. And and the Chargers are like the only team they've been able to beat. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. We got everything digested from week three. We're looking forward to week four. We'll do the same next Wednesday for weeks four and five. Anything else, gentlemen? No. Good to have you back, Cody. Yeah, Cody. Thank you. And I got Chris Olave going for at least one super long catch against the Vikings Sunday morning. Why do you have to end on that note? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't like to call out these hot takes because I've I've recently started. I was a little late to the Get gambling out, scene, so <laughs> now I'm out. doing so over and unders. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, yeah. I, I'm hoping that we get that Carolina Panthers Saints, and not the yeah Saints from the first couple weeks. You know, their injury report doesn't look too promising. Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you next week, gentlemen. Good night, guys. Right, take it easy. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.